You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. continue with our meditation or our desire our prayer and our desire for this year beginning from this year not for this year beginning from this year is that you and I will be those very people that Jesus is looking forward to seeing when he returns in Luke 18 verse 8 our Lord Jesus made the statement when he says yes our God shall answer his elect who cry out to him day and night and he says though he may tarry long he says he will yet answer speedily and my confidence is that you will be answered speedily in Jesus name but he went further to express a concern which is what we want to be an answer to and the concern was when the son of man returns will he really find faith on the earth and if you've been around you know we've started looking at this and um, one of the things I believe we've learned is that our Lord Jesus looking for faith when he returns couldn't have been referring to people who want something desperately or unquote bad enough that are willing to go to any land to obtain it because they don't look for such people they will always be there in fact there will be more <laughs> in the last days isn't it what the bible says in the last days men will be lovers of themselves despisers of god despisers of what is good betrayers of brother father that's what will be happening so god could not have been looking for that and we've understood that that had been our impression of what faith was just getting something that couldn't be what he's saying because people want more now than ever praise the lord in those days when somebody is killed in a town and left on the road the whole town will be mourning but now you know people die cars run over them nobody bothers you know these are the last days praise the lord and what it is for us is that we must get ready for his coming all the things that we're doing we're just obeying that word which says occupy till i come the key word there is that i'm coming praise god so as believers we must never lose sight with all the busyness and all the things that are happening whether for good or for bad to us around us amongst us we must be faithful to the master who has gone he said to us i've gone to prepare a place for you i never fail to remind myself when i get overwhelmed and when circumstances on this side of eternity becomes a bit you know harsh and all of that i never forget to remind myself that this place was not reserved for me you see i don't know if they still have gra's in some areas but there are places in locations in different cities there are GRAs and these are government reserved areas 
in these areas before you moved in they planted mango they planted cherry they planted fruit they plant they plant that children will live there they plant your ride bicycle now when you live in such an area you find that life is actually very beautiful praise the lord but if you live in downtown you know in the obiago area okay those are the areas where you come out like this to greet your neighbor you just bring out your hand from your hand your house he brings from his house you people shake the other you see it wasn't designed for you to live it was makeshift praise god so this earth is not designed for us to stay here we are designed to pass through this place praise the lord this world is not our home we are only doing what passing by it says i go to do what prepare a place for you that where i am you what you must be and he said if i go to prepare a place for you then i will do what i will come back hallelujah and the parable of the ten virgins is so clear nobody needs to get it mixed up he's going to come back and he's going to come back and take those that are ready not those that started the journey those that are ready and that's why he says when the son of man returns will he find people expecting his return praise the lord so we that's why we're looking at this so that we can be a people of faith the people that when he comes you say these are my people that are waiting for me that are expecting me and he will take us and then we'll be with him forever and ever and ever praise the lord so from there we saw that faith is a lifestyle faith is not a transaction it's not one thing that i do faith is everything it's my worldview the Bible makes us understand Hebrews 11 verse 3 says by faith we do what we understand by faith there is comprehension there is faith there is definition by faith there is um, description how what is your world like by faith I understand that the world which I see were not framed from things which are but they were framed from the things which are not and we understand that those things which are not is what in the beginning john 1 told us was the word the word was with god and the word was god genesis 1 says in the beginning god created the heaven so we understand that everything that we see proceeded from the word of god and faith now becomes what says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what the word of God so faith means that you and I have been given the privilege to go beyond what we see what we touch which is a secondary product to the original product which is the word of God we cut off the middleman I think we've learned that here many years ago you cut out the middleman what I can see what I can touch is the middleman there is a source and that source is the word of God when you hold on to the word of God that is faith so when we are called to live by faith we are called to come to the maker praise the lord leave the evil boys that are bringing china and all of that go to the manufacturer you get the original part praise jesus so that's what faith is so faith is living by the word of god okay so it's a lifestyle it's not a transaction it's not just an act it's not an instrument that will bring out from time to time we all have different instruments or devices that we use all the time you use this you know they don't use um, bottle openers again but you have a bottle opener you have this you have this when you need them you bring them no that's not what faith is faith you need it all the time you use it all the time it is your life praise the lord so it's a worldview is a perspective to life it's uh, it's it's a perspective to life that is completely dominated by the knowledge of God 
by the fear of God and by trust in the omnipotent God. This God that the Bible has said to us, hallelujah. What it means is what? Glory to God. Rejoice. Celebrate. Why? For the Lord God, the omnipotent does what? Reigns. He is in charge. Hallelujah. So that is what faith is. It's a worldview perspective to life that settles it. That this world is under God's control. Praise the Lord. So I fear this God. I trust in him. He's able to handle whatever will come my way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we've understood that by faith we receive. Yes, very important. There are things that you and I need that no matter how we labor, no matter how we tried, it could never happen. But by faith, as trust in God, confidence in God, God is able to do what causes it to come our way because we believe him for it. Praise Jesus. The father of the boy who who had a spirit of epilepsy, had an issue, the trouble had plagued that boy from time immemorial. And many people had tried and attempted, and they could not bring any solution. And when this man encountered Jesus, Jesus said to him, what? If you can believe, you can take the miracle from me. And the man said, well, master, I believe, but even help me, whatever it takes, I want my child to be what? Healed. And what, did, what happened? Jesus healed the child. We remember the account of the woman with the issue of blood who also had had an issue. And this woman's case was that she had made every human effort and was left destitute. She had nothing again. I believe that one of the reasons her faith rose up was because she had nothing else to commend herself to men. She had become disqualified. I think doctors those days must be like doctors today. No deposit, no treatment. If you're dying, die. Praise the Lord. But when there was no money, she heard about Jesus. And when she heard about Jesus, she heard about a healer that does not take deposit. She heard about a healer that does not open card. A healer that knew you from the foundations of the earth. A healer that knows everything that concerns you. A healer that does not heal you with something he brings from elsewhere. He heals you with the stripes that is on his body. He's a healer that loves you more than himself. That is willing to lay his life down so that you can come up from the grave. So when she heard about that Jesus, we don't know who must have preached Jesus to her. But he must have been a very good preacher. Because that preacher did such a good job that this woman said, I don't even need consultation. Praise the Lord. I don't even need the doctor to see me. I just need to get near to his office. If I lay my hands on his table, I'll take my healing. And the Bible said this woman pressed behind, not even in front. So she got healed without even seeing the face of Jesus. She heard, tell your neighbor what you're hearing is important. More importantly is what you do with it. You know, some people here and they analyze and they break down and they tear. This woman I heard, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Not if you grant me an interview. Praise God. May the Lord help us. So, amen. So that we can hear with faith. And this woman pressed on and you know the story, touched the hem of his garment. And immediately the Bible says the flow of blood stopped. Why? Because she believed that Jesus was able to do what? To do that. And Jesus is able. The truth is that God has no limitation. That's why he says omnipotence. Omnipotence has no measure. Praise God. And that's why he said to the father of the boy, if you can believe, the measure of omnipotence you receive is the measure you draw. Hallelujah. 
You know, if I give you an open check now, you will never write one billion on it. How many will write one billion on my check? One billion. A billion. If I give you an open check, you won't write one billion. <laughs> because that check, if it's canceled, no more. How much will you write? One million. Amen. Pray for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. The wise will write 50,000. <laughs> or 59, in case it's only 50 and they have taken bank charges. 49,000. <laughs> so that they don't bounce it. Praise God. But when you go to God, don't be wise. Trust him. He's almighty. He's not the pastor. Praise the Lord. God is almighty. You can draw as much as you need when you come to him. Amen. So, so we can use faith for all of that. But faith is much more than that. Faith is the way we respond to life's circumstances. Praise God. Faith is what we use to handle adversity. The Bible says the trial of your faith worketh patience. So when trial comes, you bring out your faith and process it. When faith meets with trial, the product is patience. Not discouragement. Hallelujah. When it meets with trial, it produces a Jaffa. You know, in Chinese, I love Chinese movies. Please, if you have some, send to me. Let me watch when I have time. I love those Jaffas. They are just beautiful. You see, the small boys are making noise, fighting everywhere. The guy is like that. You know why he's like that? They've beaten him well. And then he has learned that noise doesn't pay. The children just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaffa will just stay like this. He has seen life. You see, when a Christian goes through process by faith, he becomes a Jaffa. He doesn't talk too much. <laughs> but the, you know why? The Bible says, those who trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion. They shall not be moved. You're making noise that looking at you because they know that head or tail, God will win. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, so that's what he does when you process faith. Somebody, you know, insults you you process it with faith somebody praises you you also process it with faith many years ago when we were very young christians i think this must have been 95 or 96 we had a program and um it was a discipleship class so they were making us uh, take uh, different um parts it was homiletics and one of our friends came out to minister and we we're hailing him hailing him we we're hailing him hailing the young man when he came, he couldn't say anything again. After it, he told us that he has learned one thing. What was it that he said? He said pride or something. Because when we're here, he hadn't preached though. We're just hailing him, confident that this guy will present. When he got there, he was looking at us. His mouth went dry. He didn't know what. He said after that day, let nobody dare praise him again. Now, you see, faith helps you understand that when people praise you, they're setting you up. You must redirect that praise to God. If you don't redirect it to God, you see, one of the things the Lord says, He says, My praise, my glory I'll share with no one. He said, My praise I'll not give to images. I won't. There are things God won't share. Hallelujah. And it is faith that helps you understand because you see, I marvel at some people. You look at some men and some people in their high position, and you wonder, just remember when you were born. The other day I was thinking about, do you know that your mother could have, or my mother could have taken me, looked at me, and just thrown me away? You think that was impossible? There are people who were, you see, that you're who you are now. Even if, like some people, you say you're a self-made man. 
is when you became a, a man, you started making yourself. When you were a child, somebody made you. And that man had to be a child, isn't it? So whatever it is that men hail you for, make sure you redirect it to God. And besides, even if it's you that did it yesterday, what's the guarantee that you can wake yourself up tomorrow? James, I was telling him. He said, don't say go to tomorrow, I'll do this, I'll do that. He said, if the Lord... Are you understanding? So faith brings a, a, a state of humility because you know the one who is really in charge. I think the part of the challenges we have with this faith life is because God has decided to be behind the scenes. Praise God. You know, that's the problem. God has decided to be behind. Have you been to an office or to a house where your guy is not around and he handed over to somebody? When you see the person moving in that house, you think he... He single-handedly or the office. But once the guy returns, say, yes, sir. <laughs> Everything changes. Now, because God has decided to be the invisible God, and he always uses men. So when men stand, and because God is not visible, they tend to get carried away, thinking that they are the God. But wisdom lets you know that even though God cannot be seen, you should what? Live your life to his glory. So everything that comes to me that is good goes to him. Praise the Lord somebody. So we use faith to handle all of that. We handle adversity. When you're going through difficult times, you use faith. When you're enjoying, we use faith. We say there that if you have been blessed, you're enjoying prosperity now. You must learn to use faith to enjoy prosperity. You must learn to use faith to enjoy prosperity. Very, very important. We saw the account of David. David was blessed. He had gone through things in his life. Finally, he settled. And when he reclined on his reclining chair, you know, sitting there watching Arsenal and Man you play, he said to himself, how can I be here in a paneled house enjoying life? Where what the ark of the Lord is dwelling in tents? He said, no, I will rise. There was no call for contribution. One of my desires when we started the Father's Church is that we won't be raising money. But I think the fate of the prosperous are low. They need to come up. Because ideally, if everybody responds as God has prospered him, we won't need to raise money. Praise God. And the thing about it is like we learned for someone who wasn't here, like we learned about faith. Faith is not measured by the car I drive. You can measure my greed by my car. You know that's what the world measures. What you're holding only shows what you're holding. Faith is measured by my obedience. And you might be envying somebody thinking this brother is a man of faith. He has bought so-so car. Whereas that car was bought in disobedience. Maybe his money he should have laid at the apostle's feet. And they now want to claim his blessing. Don't claim his blessings. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's, no, faith is measured by obedience. And unfortunately, you won't even know any other person's obedience. Only your own. He said, judge nothing before it's time. When God, when Jesus will come and make everything what? Apparent. One of the things I've learned as a pastor is, don't look on the outward. You know, some of us here, when service is over, you look at the person that wore more clothes. Maybe he's just colder. Somebody is wearing suit with waistcoat and jacket and all of that on top. You go to beg him for money. And you, <laughs> maybe he just needed to keep warm. Because the people who are generous, you might see them, think they don't have anything. But it's the heart of generosity that counts. Praise the Lord. It's not that what you see on their body. No. 
In fact, the more you go up with God, the less you need on you. You didn't hear me. The more you go up, the less you need to prove something. Remember the original man in the center of God's will wore no clothes. Adam wore no clothes. Why? He was too close to God. He was too covered to need clothing. It was when man fell that we started needing covering. Tell your neighbor, do you need more of the glory or more of the clothing? Praise God. So, so faith is all of that. So today we want, to, we want to move forward and see how we can own this faith and make it ours, not just something, one of those studies we do. Make it ours. So several things have been going on in my spirit and I keep writing, you know, remembering the ones that are dropped. It says the faith life, you can write this if you're writing, the faith life or the life of faith is a life of obedience to all of God's word, all of the time. The life of faith is a life of obedience to all of God's word, all of the time, all of the circumstances, all of the seasons. That's what it is. So from what we've said here, okay, let me repeat that for those writing. The life of faith is a life of obedience to all of God's word, all of the time, all of the circumstances, and all of the seasons. One of the things you would note in the Bible is that the word of God is the word of God. It's not the word of man. Praise God. And because the word of God is the word of God, if you come to the word of God without sincerity and openness, wanting to use it for something else, you may succeed, but you'll be cheating yourself. What am I trying to say? People have used the Bible to justify so many things. But that's not really what the, the Bible, we know what the story of the Bible is. It's about God and his love for his creation. Praise God. But people have used it to justify slavery, to justify discrimination and all segregation and all of that. But he never says all of that. Why? The Lord Jesus made a statement. He said the scriptures cannot be what? Broken. You can't separate one from the other. And invariably, do you know that most words in the Bible turn to the same thing? Do you know the word faith? This faith we are talking about simply ends up in obedience. And you know obedience is love. And you know love is fear. All of them are saying the same thing. All of them. He said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. Say, he that loves me obeys my word. Say, the fear of the Lord is the being of wisdom, isn't it? First Samuel 15, verse 22. It says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to what? Obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. Why? Because now what is sacrifice? You know prayer is sacrifice. Thanksgiving is sacrifice. All of that is sacrifice. Why is this saying to obey? He said if you're not obeying, there is no basis. There is no connection. Sacrifice is important. But if you're not obeying, we're not connected. If you love me, obey me. Praise the Lord. So all of that is tied together. So I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. All you're saying is, I will obey you, Lord. I will obey you, Lord. When I also say, I have faith, Lord, I'm saying, Lord, I will trust you and obey you. The mother of Jesus gave us the inkling. He, she said to the servants, whatever he says to you, what, do it. That's it. That's faith. In spite of the circumstance. And that story is so apt because they knew what was needed was wine. What did Jesus ask them to pour? Water. But at the end of the day, what did we see? We saw that the water became wine. 
Why? Because his ways are past finding out. So somebody might be feeling infirm here, and the Lord is saying, rise up. Do something that they said you couldn't do. And he might be explaining to the Lord that if you know how this feels and if you know what the doctor said, he said, but this is what I said you should do. Praise the Lord. This is what I said you should do. I've shared the testimony with us here how, you know, uh, many years ago I was very ill and I was being changed from one strong drug to a stronger one to a stronger one until one day I got up and I said, okay, I'm not taking again. I took all of them, threw in the wastebasket. It was like I was going to commit suicide. But that very same day, that was when the sickness went. Now, I'm not saying you can't throw away your drugs, so praise the Lord. But I'm saying if the Lord says to you, do it. At least know that the pastor has done it. I didn't die. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And ever since then, even before then, I've had a distaste for drugs. I, look, I despise it because I know it's an experiment. Do you know how many things they've said this one is good? And after two years, they say it's not good again. But the word of God has been the same. Why don't you stand on the word? Is someone getting what I'm saying? It's an experiment. They use guinea pig. When they finish using guinea pig, they approve the drugs. They now start, they test on a few humans that, you know, are in prison and all of that. When they finish testing on the humans that are in prison, they now bring out and start selling. When they've sold after some time, they find that, ah, this thing is actually causing more problems. Have you heard of side effects before? God's word has no side effect. Why don't you choose God's word? He said this drug will help um, Alzheimer's disease, but it can cause high blood pressure, it can cause dizziness, it can cause blindness, it can cause limbness, it can cause... Ah, you look at what it can help, and you look at what it will cause. <laughs> Say, thank God I have Christ. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay? So to obey is better. So faith is obedience to all of God's word, all of the time, that's where faith comes in. You see, who won't obey when it's convenient? All of the time, all of the circumstances, all of the situations, that's where faith comes in. Now, we've said this jokingly, but I say it in particular in this teaching. Let me tell you one of the ways you prove faith to God in moments of your difficulties or infirmities or all of that, you still obey God. You see, the moment you say, I cannot serve God or be faithful to what God has asked me to do because of an infirmity or because of a limitation, you've not had faith. You see, God can expressly require you to rest. But to say, um, they asked me to do something and I won't be able to do it because my leg is paining me. What you have done now is that you are obeying the pain more than you're obeying the command of the Lord. Is someone getting what I'm saying? Faith is obedience to all of God's word, all of the time, all of the circumstances, all of the scenarios, all of the situation. It doesn't matter. Because what it does is this, you hallow God's word above all. It will sound foolish, it will sound crazy. But you know what that is it. God says to you, you, you have in your heart, do a giving, maybe 500,000, and you check your account and what you have is 505, enough to cover the 500 and COT. What do you do? And you have needs coming, faith says what? I will take that 500 and obey God and watch how God will play this out. That's what faith is. When I give 500 out of 50 million, it's not faith, it's reason. Everybody will do that. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
anybody will do that. Everybody will obey God. If I have 10 billion and God says I should give 100 billion, I'll give 100 billion with a smile. But what if I had, I've been saving and I've just been able to save 105 million to do something. And God says give 100 million. At that Dr. Connors will share the testimony when he was led to give all the money he had, he had saved up for a while. And he said it was difficult for him, but he knew it was the Lord speaking. He obeyed, you know, took the money and gave. And he said equipment that he needed for his private clinic. He said a company in Europe that had never given credit, that gave him credit before then, called him and wrote off all the debts. Why? You see, God knows what you need. And you know the other part, God knows what you have also. Praise the Lord. And we've said there, we've learned many years ago here, that the devil is incapacitated on God's side. What do I mean? You see, assuming God will train, okay, and is coming to pick you at your train station. You see, the devil knows he can't stop the train. Praise God. You know the devil knows that. You know what the devil does? He keeps you in the house. So the train comes. But you're not at the train station. That's what he does. He knows he can't stop the train. He knows he can't stop God. He knows he can never stop any word of God. So what does he do? He does not bother on God's side. He bothers on our side. That's his business. God has blessed man. God has put man in his place. The devil can't touch that. So where does he walk on man? From Genesis, you look at the story. You saw how it happened. God said to Adam, this is yours, this whole earth is yours, all of that. He couldn't go to God and make him change his mind. But he came to man and made man change man's mind towards God. The Lord will keep us over and above in Jesus' name. My plan for today is for us to run through the story of Joseph. And we'll learn one or two things and then we'll pray. Praise the Lord. Come with me quickly to Genesis 37. And we see this beautiful story. I've been wanting us to look at this story every Sunday. I keep postponing. So I'll read quickly. I want you to follow me, please. Let's read together from verse 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Beha and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report to them, of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they did what? They hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So what happened? They hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream and this time <laughs> the sun, the moon and the eleven stars bowed down to me. It was getting more specific. 
So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers, he now went into envy, envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now come down to verse 18 quickly. In verse 18, the father had sent him to go and check his brothers. And in verse 18, we are told that when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Praise the Lord. Let's stop here for now and we'll continue. Now, I want to start from this particular verse now. You see, God gave Joseph a dream. The dream Joseph got from God is the word you hear from God. Praise the Lord. Is the word that you hear from God. And the Bible says God watches over his word to do what? To fulfill it, to perform it. Now, the problem is... From the conception of the word and the manifestation of the word is a long journey. Praise the Lord. You see, we just came from Christmas and we looked at the Christmas story. When the angel said to Mary, Behold, you shall conceive in your womb, isn't it? And you shall bring forth, you know, a child and he shall be called the son of God and he shall be mighty, he shall be all of that. When the angel left, did Mary's stomach just go pump? Did it happen like that? The same way, as long as we're in this world, some things will take processes. Many things will not happen automatically. I've shared with us the testimony of my healing that is in progress, and it's been perfected by the day. Praise the Lord. Very soon you'll get the full story. Now, many things will not happen automatically. Why? Because this is God's world. And he has put things in place. So Mary, the angel said, Mary said, how would this be? He says, the power of the Most High shall what? Overshadow you. All of that happened and Mary still was normal. Thank God for the faith and the revelation and the honor they gave to God that the Bible said Joseph did not know her until she brought forth. But do you know for two months, like Mommy Chi told her, three months, Mary being a young girl, nothing would have happened in her stomach. Now, do you know many of you have conceived many years ago and because you're not seeing your stomach come out, you're thinking nothing is happening. No. From the moment the word of God came to you, our Lord Jesus Christ said, if, listen, he said, if he called them God to whom the word of the Lord came to, the word of the Lord is an inseminator. When it enters you, it bets something. But it's conception. You don't even have to feel sh -sh -sh -sh. Are you with me? You don't have to feel that. It's conception. Now there's a gestation period. For different visions, it takes different times. It will be folly for an elephant to want to carry its child the way a goat carries. Are you delivering a goat? A kid? That my neighbor's stomach has come out in this sphere. Does not mean my own is not coming up. We are carrying different things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the Bible says in that verse, they conspired to kill him. Can I tell you something? One of the proofs that you're pregnant is that God will not allow anything to happen to you that will abort that baby. 
Now, have you ever wondered reading that story? Why didn't they succeed in killing him? Because if they killed him, the dream would have died. So God, in his wisdom, will put boundaries. What did he say to Satan concerning Job? He said he can take his money. He can take his children. I now give him another set of children. He noticed he didn't ask him to take his wife. He didn't permit that. He said even his skin. Do you know how often your skin replenishes? He said even his skin, all of that. He can touch all of that. You know why? God knows that he will be able to do what? Restore all of that. If what you have lost is what can be restored, it has not touched your dream. And never trade your dream for what can be restored. There are things that can be restored. Esau sold his birthright. And when he wanted it back, he was willing to pay 100 times what he sold it for. And the Bible says, sorry, there are things that can be bought back. You can get money back. You can get skin back. You can get any other thing back. But your work with God, your integrity, that place where God has called you to be, that thing he has said to you, you can't get it back. So don't trade it. Praise the Lord. So this happened here, verse 18, but we go back. So you look at this story, Joseph's story. It's so apt. Let me tell you something. Noah was one man that God used to save the whole world, to start a new generation of human beings. Now, Joseph was a man that God used to also save the world in another sense. Save the world almost in the sense of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because had it not been for his obedience, hunger would have wiped out mankind. Praise God. So his life is so up. And they began to tell us the story. And notice the first thing they said about Joseph. He was a good boy. Verse 2 said, he brought a bad report of his brothers to his father. Now, every father will want that kind of feedback, isn't it? He was a boy that was pleasing to his father. But note that the Bible didn't say the father loved him because he did good. Are you with me? That's not why the father loved him. The father loved him for a reason that was peculiar to himself. Child of God, even though you expected to do good, the father does not love you because of the good you do. He has loved you before you even started walking. Before you could make a decision, his love was upon you. And the genuine Christian does good because God has been good to him. You see, if you see a Christian that is not living this life, worshiping God, obeying God, it's because like we prayed yesterday, he has not gotten a revelation of the goodness of God and the love of God. We talked about the beauty of holiness. You see, this thing is beautiful if you get it right. I think it was the other night. I was lying down trying to sleep. Momchi came to my side of the bed and did something. So in my mind, I just laughed. You know, I thought maybe she was trying to check a number on my phone. And I said, imagine the stress men go through who hide things in their phone. They can't sleep. Oh. They can't sleep. You know? So I, I, I thought she was, uh, I just said, what she check? You know, she came, you know, to that. And, and at that moment, I just said, Father, I thank you that I can give her my phone for two days to hold. You see, it's the beauty of holiness. Do you know the struggle? A call comes in like this. You don't know what to say. Is my account of, uh, no, my tailor. Is uh, the travel age, uh, uh, I'm coming. Network is bad. <laughs> Do you know what it means every time your phone rings? You can say, honey, please answer for me. The beauty of holiness. Do you understand? 
The Christian that doesn't live this life the way it's meant to be, you've not begun to touch how good God is. Listen, no good thing will he withhold from you. If it's good, he will release it to you. The reason he said you shouldn't do anything at all is because he knows it's not good for you. He knows. Anyway, so Jacob loved Joseph more than all his brothers because he was the son of his own. So the Bible was saying here, Jacob's love for Joseph was a love that originated from Jacob, not from Joseph. And based on that, he conferred a privilege on him. He made for him the coat of many colors, which his brothers didn't have. Now, thank God for each and every one of us here. The love of God has been set upon us. Praise the Lord. Paul the Apostle speaking, I think it's Galatians 2.22. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yeah, the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. What did he say? Who loved me? Like we pray, you can't take away the love God has for you from faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Say to yourself, God loves me. In this 2019, I will walk in the revelation that I'm a special child. You're a special child. Praise the Lord. He loves you and you're a special child. He said, he loved me and gave himself for me. So this is the background to Joseph's life. This was what he knew for the 17 years of his life. And now it was on this basis he started having his dreams. And he dreamt his dreams and he was telling his brothers, already the Bible says they didn't like him. Because the father was showing preferential treatment towards him. And when the dream came, they even hated him the more. They hated him the more until he graduated to envy. May the Lord deliver us from every form of hatred in Jesus' name. But the news there is this. Some of us are worried about those that are hating us. Do you know that the Bible says all things? <laughs> How many things? Do you see that this hatred of Joseph's brothers was in his favor? All things. You're in an office now and they're persecuting you. Say with me. All uh, causes that are due, they're keeping you from them. How many things? All things. You must understand. God weighs everything. When he gets to the point, when he got to verse 18, when they wanted to do what God didn't permit, he made sure it didn't happen. He made sure it didn't happen. But all the ones that happened, he said this will work for his good. So it's like every day the enemy comes with a foul. Is there a foul here? The enemy comes with a foul to God. Please, sir, come. You know, Jesus said something to us. He said, Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as well, but I pray for you, okay, that your faith fail not. And when you're converted. So let me tell you what happens in heaven. Every day the enemy comes with a foul. And they mention different names. And they say, um, uh, uh, living stone. This is God the Father. He said, I'm going to do this to him. He checks him. I'm going to do this. I'm going, okay, I'm going, ah, shut up. In fact, not just shut up. The enemy will know. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. He'll clean it out. You know why? That one is not permitted. Is someone hearing me? Everything that heaven allows to seep down to the life of a child of God has been considered and weighed. It says God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But with every temptation that is here, he's instructing angels, he's shifting circumstances that all of them will work for your good so that when you come out from it, you will not be worse off, but you'll be stronger and better. 
Hallelujah. So all of that, he said, no, <laughs> to kill him, he said, no, but uh, we'll see how I will, uh, I will work with you. And they conspired and sold him. That was what they could do. They sold him, and they came back to, to the father from verse um, 30, 31. Okay, let's read from 31 down. We'll move quickly. 31 says, so they took Joseph's tunic, they sold him, and they took his uh, coat of many colors and dipped it in blood. And took to the father and said to the father, is this, is this your son's tunic? And the man said, yes, it is. Verse 33. And look at what happened. Let's read this part. It's very important we see it. 31, 32, 33. Let's read together, please help me. So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, we have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? Are you following? What happened? 33. And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has, without doubt, Joseph is. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think we can stop here for today. You have to come on Wednesday because there's so much there. When they brought the tunic to the father, what was the question? Is this your son's tunic? And what is the correct answer? Yes, it is. Now, notice that they didn't say anything again. It was Jacob that said what? What did he say? A wild beast has what? It was from his imagination. He was filling in blank spaces that God didn't fill. Listen, do you know that many things that are weighing you down is you that is doing a projection? It is Joseph's tunic. Yes, so praise the Lord. Now, they did not have the technology then to check which blood was on it. But you and I know that it was not the blood of Joseph. Now, we started by saying that if it will touch your skin, what is redeemable, God will allow it. So they allowed them to get his tunic. Why? Because when they took his tunic, Joseph was still Joseph. What you have lost is what can be replaced. Don't judge your destiny because of what can be replaced. And then the man went further to say, A wild beast has devoured him. Who gave him that information? Praise the Lord. Our sister was sharing a testimony the other day and was saying that when they did a test on her heart, they were finding some things and they, some of them said immediate heart surgery and all of that. Now, symptoms and some different things that medical science may see and some things may feel. Don't project it further than what it is. I don't know if you're hearing me. I know the medical doctors there will be disagreeable. They say early diagnosis, early discovery. Well, it depends on where you're coming from. What I'm saying here is this, it was his son's tunic, but a wild beast had not devoured it. What had happened here is they had entered into the womb of process. And this man immediately said, because I've done interviews, somebody, you have been looking for a job, you've done interviews five times and nobody took it. He said, I'm no good. No, you are better than that. Because this and this has happened and nothing has come. No, don't put something that God has left his blank in. Is someone hearing me? The life of faith 
looks at what is and says, eh, is that the best you can bring? Are you getting what I'm saying? Is that your worst? He said, yes, this is his tunic. So where is this man getting his conclusion? A wild beast must have turned him. And then where are the pieces of his bones? It's not there. God left a room so that he could believe God through it. But he can imagine the years of sorrow he lived in. Instead of, if he knew where Joseph was, and if he knew what was happening, for those 17 to 30 years, 13 years, until he met Joseph, you know what he was doing? Every morning he would come out and lift his hands up. That's why the Bible says, in every situation, give thanks. He said, for what? Let me break down that scripture for you. For if you knew what God knew that you didn't know, that's what you'll be doing. In every circumstance, in every, he said, give thanks. Why? If you knew what God knew about your situation that you didn't know. So for 13 years, Jacob was mourning Joseph, but Joseph was rising. And what was his basis? His coat. He didn't bury him. His coat. You lost your job and you think you have lost your destiny. No, you just lost something that can be replaced. Many of us have come into 2019 and we have lost a lot of things. But if you see the glory that is ahead of you, if you could see the plan of God, if you could see the purpose of God, listen to me. Some of us will need to buy gifts for some people you thought offended you. You will buy gifts and go and bless them. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for kicking me out of the house. Thank you for not marrying me. Praise the Lord. Many ladies are laughing. I know my wife will be laughing. I delivered her from one, one man. <laughs> I'm telling you, in fact, you, we need to buy that guy a gift. Understand what I'm saying? If you knew what God had in store for you, if you could see the future, if you could see the promise, if you could set your eyes on the one who has called you, who has loved you, who has a future. I think it was Wednesday that we said one of the things that helps faith is that you know that God is intentional. He says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you. They are thoughts of good, never of evil. To bring you to a future and to an expected end. You see, people of God, our God has all power. A God that has all power. Now you're dealing with a God of the increase of his government. That's his begin, they go. They go. His incumbency has no beginning, has no end. He said, I am. Not I was. I am. And then you move forward. He said that I am. You move forward again. He said that I am. He said he that comes to God must believe that. Is he God of me? Mm. You see some people tell you so what I did then. God doesn't tell you what he did then. God tells you who he is. He says I'm the most high God. He said the day the sun refuses to respond to me. The day the moon refuses. Recently we celebrated a new year. Do you know what a new year is? A new year means that the earth and the sun have obeyed God for one full cycle. If all the inanimate creatures, 
Christians are still obeying God. Why do you think it's you he'll have a problem? Why do you think it's somebody he has? He is God. He said, is there anything too hard for me? That's the God that has called us to a relationship. That's the God that has called us. Praise the Lord. That's the God. So it's not surely a wild beast. No. No. If the dream is from God. Listen to me. I know God has great plans for somebody here. Because I didn't come to Abuja to make money. I told you people here several. He said, come and raise me people that are used to change this nation. He said, you're praying. He said, who are the people I use? And that's the problem. Let me tell you this in case I forget. Recently, the Lord said to me, he said, all these things that we're doing as church, he said, we are missing what we should do. What does the scripture say? He said, righteousness, what? Exalts a nation. He said, but sin, one translation, I think his message says, sin is an equal opportunity destroyer. As long as sin is popular in a nation, that nation cannot go forward. And we'll learn here about personal sin and institutional sin. The problem with Nigeria is that we are suffering personal sin and institutional sin. There are nations that personal sin is an issue, but institutionally they are doing justice. Institutional is about justice, righteousness, fairness. Okay, so he said to me, righteousness exalts a nation. Now, he said, if the churches were producing enough righteous people, Nigeria would have changed. So he said, make your prayers to be that in your churches, they will produce for me righteous people. Because it's the number that teaches us here. It's the number, the weight of the righteous people that I have that can help me to change a nation. Not the weight of your prayers. So he said, pray that righteousness will be produced in your church. Not greed. Are you with me? Not greed. Measure me and measure the pastors by the people that are bearing witness in the offices Monday to Friday that they went to church on Sunday. Not by how rich they are. Not by how many people attend the church. Not by how popular they are. Measure them by what? You see, he said the product of the church is righteous people. It's not rich people. I've told us here. Some people say they've come to make people rich. Well, did you make Amazon? Did you make, make uh, uh, um, Bill Gates? You did not. The product of the church is righteousness. Say, raise me people that can say no to the gold of the devil. So that's what will change Nigeria. Raise me people that will be faithful to their wives. Raise me students that will refuse. They bring expo. You say you won't touch it. Your colleagues get A and all of that. You get B. But you know you didn't see the expo. And I'm sure you know the expo we are talking about now is coordinated by the school itself. In our time. And those are the people that will be surgeons tomorrow. And pilots. Imagine pilot flying you that use the expo to qualify. It would be. Better be born again <laughs> because <laughs> do you understand what he said? That he said, righteousness that's it, that's it, that's it. Father, 
Father, we thank you. Let's go to the Lord as we go to the Lord in prayer. Let's bow our heads and just go to the Lord. And let's cry to our God. Lord, find me. Find me. Find me, Lord. Find me. Find me. Find me. He said the church is a production plant. But it's to produce righteous men. Not people with cars. Not people with jets. Not people with big houses. He said that's nothing for me. The devil can give that. Either that doesn't bring change. What brings change is a man made in my image. Living the life that I've called him to be. In faith, in purity, in holiness, in simplicity, in meekness, in humility, in genuine goodness. See, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that are different. I'm looking for a different set of people. People that have taste for something that this world can give. Talking about the heroes of faith. Say, these men, they were looking forward to a country whose builder and maker is God, which had foundations. These men were not looking for some estates in Abuja. They were not looking for estates in Lekki. They were not looking for their names to come out on this day. They were not looking for their names to come out on Forbes. They were looking for their names to be mentioned in the annals of heaven to be said, I had a son there. I had a daughter in that office. I charge you this 2019, please be the product that heaven is looking for. That's why here, we don't care how you come. We don't celebrate rich men. We love everybody. Because the rich and the poor, God made them all. Everybody's the same. You have the same value before God. You, being rich doesn't make you bad. No. And being poor doesn't make you bad. Neither does it make you good. But we judge character. We judge integrity. We judge humility. We judge faithfulness. Because the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom is not my car, my house and my position. I read something that broke my heart recently. Many of us may know. I, I don't read such stories. I just tell you this story to help you understand what I'm saying. I normally don't read the stories. It was in the news yesterday. Punch, I was going through it. The, this young man, Fowles, the, the son to um, Femi Falana. The mother said, you don't go to church in his show. You don't go to church. I have a problem with you. You don't go to church. In the, he had a show. You know, just reading a short story there. So the caption was, the mother said, you don't go to church. I wanted to see what happened. And the mother said, that's the problem. You don't go to church. You know, when this young man took the mic, you know what he said? He said, mommy, the reason I don't go to church, I know I'm a, I know I should go to church, but I don't like what happens in churches when I go there. You know what he said? He said the last time he went to church, the pastor called him out and said, let's celebrate is here. And called him out and gave him mic. He said the pastor gave him mic to address the church. If I could enter the newspaper, I would have entered and called that. You see, listen, there is somebody called Phineas in the Bible now. He said the pastor called him out and said, Files is here. And gave him mic to talk to the churchy. He said he wants to go. To, I said, ordinary files now. Now church is becoming. What are we talking about? Say, Lord, make me a witness. There are people looking for genuine things there. Everywhere we go. There are people in offices. I said, I won't go to church. This my colleague is a deacon. This is what he does. This my, this my customer is a pastor. This is what he does. This social person says he's a, a Christian. This is what she does. Lord, make me different. That is the life of faith. 
because Joseph everywhere he went the enemy couldn't find anything he distinguished himself he kept distinguishing himself he was carrying something child of God there's a future for you there's a future heaven plan for you I'm telling you devil has nothing on his table that can compare for what God or with God what God has prepared for you not even that marriage nothing anything that is out of the will of God don't touch it your father loves you too much there is a beautiful future God has prepared for you and God wants to take you and wield you as an instrument he said you're my battle axes that's one of the prayers you have to pray for the church we are his battle axes we are the ones he will use he won't jump and find some other person you and I are the ones Lord use me I'm available to you in this journey of faith I'm available to you I'm available to you thank you Jesus okay can we rise on our feet everyone let's rise on our feet we're going to pray prayer together and we will continue this story as the Lord allows us but the prayer that I want us to pray is what I have conceived Lord, give me wisdom to carry full term. Joseph was 13 years, 17 to 30 years. And when full term came, every moment of it was watered. There is something that is about to happen in your future that everything you've gone through will be watered. And that thing, you don't want to miss it. As I looked at this story, one of the questions I asked the Lord is, was it automatic? He said, no. He said, Joseph had to cooperate. Joseph had to cooperate. In the Bible, people lost children. You will not lose what God has sent to you. I want you to pray by faith. Lord, I have conceived. I will hold it. The word that has come to me, the plan that you have for my life, he said to Jeremiah, he said, before I formed thee, I knew thee. There is something about you that was existing before you came into existence. Lord, let that come to pass. I want you to pray that prayer and pray it from your heart. Lord, that thing about me that was existing before I got involved. He said, before I formed you in the womb. He says, I knew thee. He said, there is something. He said, he whom you predestined, you have called. Him who you have called, you have justified. Lord, there is something in me, something you saw in me. Lord, before I even became a me. Lord, today I'm crying to you. Help me by faith to lay hold of it. To lay hold of it. It will not be aborted. It will not be aborted. It will not be aborted. I will not abort. I will not abort. I will fulfill my ministry. I will fulfill my calling. I will fulfill my purpose. I want you to pray to the Lord. I want you to ask the Lord. He said the effectual fervent of the prayer of the righteous. He said it avails much. I want you to ask the Lord. This thing that you had in mind. I like it because God had it in mind before I got involved. So I could not negotiate it down. I could not negotiate it up. It's what was perfect for me. The Bible talks about presenting your bodies that you might prove what is that perfect will of God. 
Lord, today I'm praying. In this year, let me begin to enter it. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter what has been bloodstained. It doesn't matter what has been taken from me. It might look like you don't have the connection. It might look like you don't have the resources. It might look like age is against you. But surely as the dream of Joseph came to pass, we are saying today, we lay hold of your word. Your word concerning your children. Some of them have burdens for this nation. Some of them have burdens for their generation. Some of us have burdens to change something in technology. To change something in business. To change something in the legal practice. Lord, let it come to pass. You are omnipotent. You cannot be stopped. You will not be stopped in my life. I want you to pray that prayer. There is no stopping God. You won't be stopped. You will not be stopped. Not in my life. Not in my life. That thing before I came in. <laughs> before they envied me. Before they hated me. Before I was pushed out. Even before I made the mistakes that I made. You are a restorer. He said the righteous. The one I have something with. Even though he falls seven times. I get him up. Because I'm interested in bringing to fulfillment what I have started. Lord! Isaiah 46 verse 10. We are done. Thank you, Lord. This is what the Lord is saying. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. What is it saying? And I shall do, say that is me. In me, Lord, you will do all your pleasure. Begin to thank him. Begin to grant him the privilege. Begin to say, Lord, I say yes. I say yes. I say yes let's thank the Lord whatever it is from ancient times from ancient times from ancient times I will be that one I will be what I was born I will become what I was born to become it doesn't matter the route I go through of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.